Hey, local listeners, this is your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast, where each week I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. What we do is we share their story of success and challenges and their journey and how they became a community leader. I truly believe that behind every small business is a story that needs to be shared. I want to put a big thank you to my sponsors, Exacta Corporation, Think Possibilities, Think Exacta. Rare leaders, connect, collaborate, contribute. Where leaders come to thrive and grow. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, as well as always love your feedback. Enjoy the show. Hey, local listeners, another episode of Local First Podcast. Today, I'm very excited. This is a story that has to be told. Uh, I've been introduced to this by uh, Gordon Naomi. Um, Just released his episode a couple weeks ago. Make sure you check that out. I want to introduce you to uh, a very local entrepreneur, a SimCon co-founder of Zen. How are you doing today? Great, Rob. Thank you. I'm excited to uh, spend some time with your listeners and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And I was like, I've, I've heard your story a number of times from a couple of different people and I finally got able to connect with you. So I'm excited to hear your story. So before we get into this incredible drink, Zen, um, you know, let the listeners tell you, you know, what's your backstory? You know, you know, what, how did you get to, okay, I want to create this drink and put it on Target or all these shelves at Sendix at a local air? Yeah, I appreciate that. So um, we immigrated to the U.S. from Pakistan in 1984. I was eight years old. My mother, father, and two brothers came here on a plane. Uh, we immigrated to Chicago suburbs where uh, most of our family was at the time and then spent 20 years prior to going to college um, at Marquette University and then went off to Wall Street, did some finance there, and then eventually ended up moving back to the Midwest where I continued to do finance for a total of 20 years. Um, I was in investment banking and private equity, but I always felt there was something more that I could do to give back. And um, in finance, money is good. So I was very appreciative of the ability to make money, which is funding quite a bit of our growth here at Zinn. But uh, always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, Didn't really like working for anybody else and wanted to be my own boss. So I ended up teaming up with my older brother, who also happened to have gone to Marquette and spent 20 years in finance. So uh, you've got two finance guys uh, who are uh, running a business that's primarily marketing. So primarily marketing, yeah. totally different change, different totally animals, different change. Yeah, you know. So going through that, you know, you've had to go through some struggles and some challenges into you know going from a job to an entrepreneur and creating this product, you know, what are some of those challenges that you had to overcome? Yeah, in the beginning, it's uh, very nerve-wracking because you're going from financial security, stability, and a schedule to something completely unknown. And for us, this was the ultimate unknown because we didn't have any relationships, any background, any experience, any knowledge of what the CPG world would entail for us. However, what we relied upon was our belief that there's a better way to provide uh, nutrition for uh, consumers that is natural, that's good for you, uh, that has uh, health benefits that have been known in other parts of the world for thousands and thousands of years. And instead of um, eating junk 
foods and relying on pharmaceutical, living a healthier, cleaner life is something that could really take hold in the West. And so we wanted to bridge that gap between our culture from where we're originally from and the Western culture. Um, and we saw a big opportunity in bringing that wisdom, the ancient wisdom of our forefathers uh, to consumers in a effective, engaging packaging format. I love it. So uh, the story goes that we traveled uh, back to Pakistan in November 2016 with our parents, my brother and I. Uh, our father is 80-some years old. He's a diabetic, uh, type 2 diabetes. And so what happens with diabetics is from time to time they get what's called neuropathy, uh, which is severe inflammation of the extremities, so hands, feet, joints, etc. And uh, when we arrived in Pakistan after a long flight there, my father, he had a very severe episode of neuropathy occur in his foot. Uh, it was so severe, he fell. We picked him up, put him on the couch. Uh, we were staying at our aunt's place, his younger sister, um, at that time. And she did what a typical Pakistani or an Indian or South Asian person would do, which is she took turmeric, she ground it up into a powder, she blended it with olive oil, made a gritty paste, and just massaged his foot, wrapped a regular white cloth around it, and put a sock over it. And within an hour, his pain was completely gone. And uh, obviously, the the cloth and the sock were orange, but <laughs> he was perfectly fine. And so that was the aha moment that started this journey. We then spent about seven, eight months researching the science behind Turmeric. We knew turmeric was starting to become popular in the West, uh, particularly on the West Coast and the East Coast, not so much in the Midwest. But uh, as we started researching the science, we found that there isn't another ingredient like turmeric on the planet. In particular, there's a compound within the turmeric root called curcumin, which we call the microprocessor that powers the turmeric root. It's only 1% to 5% of the turmeric root. The curcumin compound is a very powerful anti-inflammatory and an immunity booster. So there's over 30,000, I'm sorry, 38,000 scientific and medical research papers, 240 clinical trials. The U.S. military has actually used curcumin for treatment of PTSD, Gulf War syndrome, and a topical wound healing agent, and they've published a number of studies. The Mayo Clinic is currently conducting clinical trials on curcumin for certain types of cancer treatment. And uh, so we saw the science being the driver for what we wanted to create. And although there are turmeric products out there in the market, I think as of today, there's probably about 600 turmeric food and veg food and uh, drink products out there. We're the first ones to launch with a curcumin-based uh, beverage product. And so it's pretty exciting because we're inventing a category onto ourselves. We're the Kleenex of curcumin-infused consumer packaged goods products. That, that's an incredible story. I yeah. just like, it's just, I'm like, I'm sitting back and I'm like, wow. I'm like, it just does keeps on going. It's like when you when you talk about turmeric is, is my wife drinks it almost on a daily basis. She We go and get to the spice store. She creates her own teas and stuff like that. And it, yeah, everything turns orange. Yeah, you know, it does you, stain. <laughs> so that's the downside of it. We yeah. have equivalent of about 15 turmeric roots worth of curcumin in every bottle. Wow. Plus we add a extract from... From black pepper called piperine. And so from a science standpoint, um, the, our beverage not only has the functional benefits, but it actually absorbs into the your system. So one of the downsides of turmeric and therefore curcumin is that it doesn't absorb into your body uh, readily. So you could consume 15 turmeric roots by themselves 
and it wouldn't do much good for you. You have to combine it. In the Eastern culture, they combine it with oils and fats and cooking. Ghee is another product that they combine with. We obviously didn't want fats in our beverage product. And um, the more important thing for consumers is it tastes really good. You know, people have a connotation of turmeric being earthy and gritty. Yeah. Uh, our product, we like to say, is kid-tested, mother-approved. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you come up with this recipe? I mean, it's like going in being a mad scientist in your kitchen. And yeah. I mean, what was that process like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, so, I'm lucky I'm still married today because uh, <laughs> once we... Uh, got a good grasp of the science behind uh, curcumin. We started ordering ingredients and just experimenting in our kitchens. And as you pointed out, um, turmeric and curcumin actually stain uh, quite a bit. So right. we stained a lot of pots. But we kept just uh, coming up with different recipes, and some were really great and some were really bad. So we got rid of the bad ones. Who, who was tasting them? Our kids, oh, our family members, okay. our friends. And so we did hundreds of rounds of testing with, uh, you know, people that we trusted first and foremost. And then once we got to the flavor profiles that we thought would be appealing, uh, we then went to an R&D lab to make it commercial ready and get some of the other ingredients that are in our beverages. So, uh, yeah, the more important thing, as I said, is the beverages taste great and they have the functional benefits. I like that. So it's like when you go through that, this entire process of, you know, you know it's almost like you're, you're, you are a chemist or experimenting, or, you know, a chef that's, you know, putting these all together and, you know, you, you got your family involved and stuff like that. That is really cool that you have to do that. Um, is there any funny stories that you can share that going along the price, anybody's teeth turned colors or? No, you know? <laughs> uh, we did have some countertops turn and stained yeah, orange okay. pots we had to throw away. So uh, I am reluctant to add up the cost associated. <laughs> <laughs> with experimentation because I think there's uh, non-hard costs that are also that a came factor. Out that. Yeah, it's a lot of stress. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So um, with that, you know, describe what success looks like in your business. For us, if we look out into the future, success is defined for us by a brand that everybody recognizes like Pepsi and Coke. They recognize our brand as a better for you brand that's natural, that provides wisdom. In addition to that, we're a certified B Corp, which is a certification that uh, is done by an independent third party. It looks at everything under your hood for a business, from social responsibility to the way you treat your employees, the way you take care of the environment. So brands that are B Corps that people may recognize as Patagonia, Ben and & Jerry's. Um, and so this certification was the most important certification for us. When we left finance careers, we knew we wanted to build a business that from day one had a focus on giving back to humanity. And so since inception, since dollar one of revenue, we've given 10% of revenues, not profits, back to charity. Our packaging is sustainable. We use BPA-free plastics. Everything's recyclable. Um, the two main ingredients that are in our beverage, the bioactive ingredients, the curcumin and the piperine, are uh, supplied from facilities that are 100% solar powered. The farms, which the turmeric and the black pepper are grown on, from which the curcumin and piperine are extracted, are 100% solar powered and sustainable farms. All the other ingredients that we have are non-GMO. We're project verified non-GMO. And so for us, success in the future 
means that everybody recognizes our brand. We're in every single applicable retail cooler. We're in all the professional and collegiate sports programs. We're going into global military bases uh, across the world. Uh, we're just a part of life. We're a lifestyle brand. So today we have a beverage product. In two months, we're launching a brand new product, which has the science of what's in our beverage in a more convenient format. It's a stick pack. Uh, it's a packet that you could tear open, dump it into a water bottle, shake it up, and you could take it with you wherever you go. And so um, given the immunity boosting aspects of curcumin, uh, particularly in this COVID environment, uh, it's something that people hopefully will carry around with them and use it on a daily basis. That's, that's great going in there. I'm uh, just going to take a quick second here to thank Exacta Corporation, an invitation to collaborate and innovate. Uh, welcome to a new era in business systems technology, artificial intelligence, blockchain, 5G communications, personal data ownership, individual data privacy. Think possibilities, think Exacta. For more information, go to exactacorp.com. If you could go back in time, the start of your business or career, what advice would you give to yourself that you might have done things differently? Uh, I wish I would have done this entrepreneur thing a lot earlier in life when I was younger and had more energy. Uh, I've never worked this hard in my life and this many hours and had this much fun. And so the leap that entrepreneurs make from going from a secure, stable environment where they have a paycheck coming in and nine to five type of job, it's a scary thing. But I wish more people would take it. Ideas are dime a dozen. It's the effort behind it and the learning. The amount of mistakes that we've made and continue to make is immeasurable, but we continue to learn, continue to get better and not make the same mistakes again. You know, So we have a saying in our uh, company that mistakes are fine. Make them, make the small ones and move on. Don't make them again. And so it's a continuous process. Uh, I think the background that I had in finance doesn't really have any applicability in what I'm doing now. Uh, so I feel like this is uh, invigorating. It frees you from the shackles of having processes and guardrails. And so you're solely responsible for the success at the end of the day. You, you have to rely upon your confidence and your tenacity to be successful. You don't have opportunity to rely on somebody else to bail you out. To bail you out, right? Yeah. So today we have uh, no outside funding. We have no debt. And I'm proud to say we have no payables because we take care of our vendor partners immediately upon invoice. And so that's unusual because typically in finance and MBAs, they teach you to stretch the payables and collect the receivables. But we treat everybody as our partner and we make sure everybody's taken care of um, within the ecosystem. That's awesome that you do that. So I'm going to go back to being, I'm jumping from a job to entrepreneurship because I love that. What, you know, go back into that and, and the mindset of being able to get over that. How would you, you know, for the listeners out there going from here, I'm, you know, in the finance world to, okay, I'm going to follow my passion and do something that's totally sustainable and a lifestyle type uh, product. What kind of fears that you have to overcome besides, you know, jumping in here and not knowing what you're doing? Yeah. So looking back a few years, we knew going into this world and launching with a beverage product and particularly in the Midwest, which isn't as health conscious as the coast, uh, there's a 95% failure rate with beverages. There are 200 plus 
beverages that launch every year. Many of them get venture financing, and within 12 to 18 months, they are part of the history books. And we knew that going in. We knew this was going to be super hard, uh, but that's what excited us that, hey, if we could do this right, uh, we could own a market. We could create a market uh, that we would be the leaders of, and eventually competitors would come, and then we move on to the next set of ancient wisdom and the next set of ancient wisdom. So we're not in this for the short term. We're not in it to uh, grow the top line and then sell to somebody. That's not what we're in. We want to continue to grow, continue to expand. Uh, because this is a lifestyle-oriented business, we want to expand out of products at uh, some point and get into experiences, which include travel, which include um, events, which include technology at some point. Uh, there's a big vision within our small business. And we want to be the Amazon of what we're doing. And so I love it. Think big. Think big, guys. Think big. So you're a co-founder. Your brother is a um, the other co-founder? Yes, correct. Okay, you want to give a big shout out to him? Yes. Yeah, so my older brother, Kasim. So we go by Q&A, question and answer. I love it. <laughs> uh, he and I are a perfect team because his skill set and his uh, approach to business complements my skill set and my approach to business. Uh uh, very nicely. We're the guardrails for each other, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we uh, complement every decision making very nicely. Uh, he keeps me from going off on tangents and uh, vice versa. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great working relationship. Uh, obviously, as with any other family owned business, there's uh, times when opinions are expressed in rather direct fashion, <laughs> which is exactly the way I like to operate. I right. don't like playing politics at all. That's awesome. That's good to have someone, especially in a family that's got your back. Um, let's, let's go back in time and, you know, either currently or, you know, somewhere in the, in the past is that, you know, you're actually making a difference, you know, you know, that means something to you. So, you know, tell me that story. Yeah. So if I look back on my career, my journey to this point, it's always been about me, 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 make money for myself and my family. That never sat right with me. That's not how we were raised. Our parents raised us in a uh, very traditional way, which is you have to take care of people. You have to take care of society. You know, we are here and if we're blessed, <clears throat> with uh, financial wherewithal, you know, it's important for us to share. It's, we we are lucky, in effect. You know, it's not like hard work is the only thing that resulted in this and we were exceptional. That's not the case. We always were taught to be humble uh, and treat other people with respect and take care of uh, mankind. And so I guess there's a level of guilt that <laughs> we were raised <laughs> with. Uh, and, and that has always fueled us in everything that we do. Every decision that we make, we not only think about what revenue and profitability it brings into the business, but how can we give back? You know, so eventually someday we'll be so big that everybody will look to Zen as the company that is helping to fuel, uh, you know, societal change and, uh, you know, betterment for society, not just foods or beverages or experiences, not just about ourselves. So I, lo I love that that as a business, you're giving back to the community. Yeah. And I think that's important for a lot of businesses. I think they miss that, um, they miss that, that, that aspect of being a business is being able to somehow give back to either community locally or somewhere else along the line. Yep. And I think that's huge. Yeah. And also 
One of our underlying pinnings of our business is that we're trying to connect cultures. We're from the part of the world that is in the news or has been in the news quite often. My father's from Afghanistan. I was born in Pakistan. My mother's from India. And there's always tension in that part of the world. But as people see us and they see our products and they experience the Zen lifestyle, they realize the world's a very small place. You know, there's goodness everywhere, whether it's here in the West, bringing it to the East and vice versa. There's People can always learn from other people. Just got to sit down and be open to have that conversation. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, that's a big piece of what's going on today is as as we're going through a lot of different things of the 2020 and the COVID and presidential debates and all the crap is if people just can sit down, have an open-minded conversation and learn about other people and what they're doing, regardless of where they're at in life. I think that's going to be a, a huge factor moving forward. So what are some of the daily practices that contribute to your daily happiness and success? Well, drinking a bottle of Zen a day <laughs> goes <laughs> keeps, quite keeps away. the doctor away. <laughs> yeah, it goes quite away. Uh, so make sure to always have my Zen, uh, at least one bottle, maybe two, depending upon how achy I feel in the morning as I age. Uh, but that's always been part of it. Spending time with the family is hugely critical. Yeah. Uh, again, I work harder than I have ever worked, longer hours than I have ever worked. And I started out in investment banking where it's notorious, notorious for right, yeah. 60, 70, 80 hours per week. But I'm working more than that now, but it's on my own schedule. And I make sure I'm home to spend time with the kids before they go to bed. And then I'm back on, on the computer or at my office you know, getting stuff done. Same with my brother and the rest of the team. That's awesome that you got that kind of support. Yeah, right? and we have several employees that have flexible uh, work schedules. They work from home, you know, certain days a week. They've got kids. So we're very accommodating. We are, we're, we are definitely not in this to be a rigid organization uh, that has certain types of guidelines. We want people to feel comfortable and know that as we grow, they get more and more opportunities and grow along with us. So by you talked about drinking one, two bottles a day. What does a what can a person expect to feel or get results from drinking? Zero? Yeah, I think the best thing to do is don't take our word for it. You could go to our website and see some of the reviews. A number of those reviews are from professional athletes who consume Zen uh, during training, pre-workout, post-workout. Uh, the concept of uh, Eastern medicine or Eastern lifestyle is you are taking care of your body and your soul on a daily basis through what you eat. So you're not treating the symptoms, you're getting to the root cause of issues. And um, according to science and medicine, inflammation happens to be the root cause of most major ailments, whether it's stress. Stress is another way of saying inflammation depression, anxiety, heart disease, uh, arthritis, you know, all those things have an underpinning related to inflammation. Human bodies are always going to have some level of inflammation, but it's the uh, extreme rise in inflammation that causes some of the issues that we experience uh, as we grow older. And so uh, curcumin has 38,000 scientific and medical research papers, again, and 240 clinical trials specifically focused on its inflammation-fighting attributes. And so it is actually one of the world's uh, most powerful anti-inflammatory naturally occurring compounds that exist. And there is tons of science behind it. And all that science, all the research that we reference, uh, 
We don't make health claims about our product, but what we simply do is tell people to go to the National Institutes of Health. Uh, they have multiple databases that people can go into NCBI, which is uh, National Centers for Biotechnology Information, has uh, a database. It's called PubMed. And if you type in curcumin in there, and I'll send you the link afterwards, uh, that you can get access to all the research, good, bad, and the ugly on curcumin. That's good. As always, I'll take those links and throw them in the show notes so everybody has access to them. And I love that you're able to reference the third parties and not have to do all that work yourself. Right. So, I mean, that that's awesome that that's out there for you already. As a as an entrepreneur that's listening to this or someone that wants to jump into entrepreneurship like you've done and like other people have done, what advice would you give them? Rely on your gut. Your gut is one of the most critical uh, pieces of data points that you need. If you feel like you have a good idea, explore it further. Don't be scared. There's always the biggest failure is not doing anything, right? So if you come up with a great idea and you don't do anything about it, that's a failure in itself. And and yes, you may walk away from a comfortable job, you may walk away from health insurance and everything to try something that you may eventually not succeed at. But if you don't do it, you will fail. So it is our belief that it is the entrepreneurs that create the jobs to employ people to help the economy. Uh, with new ideas, uh, you are creating employment for the next generation of people. And so if you keep Staying in a business or in a company and not go out and pursue your dreams, you'll never be able to create the jobs that you have for yourself. And it's a pretty wonderful feeling to know that you're helping people out along the way, that you're the source for their happiness. I love it. I love it. You guys could see his face right now and the passion that he's showing about what he does and how he's helping individuals out. That is so cool. What's the one thing that's got you most fired up about the future right now? Um... Well, COVID obviously is a very scary time or situation to be in. It has actually uh, skyrocketed our business. So we're very blessed and thankful. More and more people are looking for uh, immunity boosting foods and drinks, et cetera. And so turmeric, because of its immunity boosting properties, is being sought out. So that's helping lift our um, marketing spend quite significantly because people are actually searching for our products uh, by themselves. But what's got me jazzed up quite a bit is, is going from a more of a small company to a big global player. And eventually we'll start getting to that. Our, today we're primarily in the continental U.S. We're on the East Coast. We're in the Midwest. We're in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we're in uh, Northern California today. And we have some presence in the South. Uh, but we want to be a national brand and then eventually get international. And our first foray into international is actually with the U.S. military going to all their global bases. But we, the new product that we're coming with, we're going to be able to ship that internationally as well. That's awesome. I can't wait for that. Especially I love it that you got the other military going out there. I, former U.S. Army Sergeant, I, I know I could have used that a few times being out there on the field. <laughs> so that's really cool. So how do people get in touch with you, Sam? I mean, where can they go to they, you know, find out more about uh, you and uh, Zen product? Yeah, people can go to our website, www.drinkzen. That's zebra yellow nancy.com um, they could order online from there or they could find our products in their local retailers whether they're the natural and organic retailers or the conventional retailers 
Yeah, and when you go on the site, guys, you know you can. There's a store locator on there as well. I've also found it on Amazon, so it is everywhere. If you're not looking, you're not trying. So I appreciate that. So um, also, I'll, I'll put all the social media links on um, the the show notes too, so you can reach out to him, find out more information. He's also got an ambassador program. So if you're interested in that as well, take a look at that. Check out DrinkZen. Dot com. So we're going to get into the rapid fire questions where I get to ask you some fun questions and hopefully uh, to just uh, have some fun. Okay, so be- before, we, before we do that, um, you get to ask me one question, any question, I'll do my best to answer. How did you get into this business? Oh my goodness, really? Um, that's one of my most common and favorite questions to answer. So, uh, you know, this was a, it wasn't planned. It was, I call it, you know, kind of a, a something I fell into. It was an accident. If you would ask me, you know, five years ago, would you be doing a podcast or anything like that? I'd be like, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to do it. Because I didn't know nothing about it. And I was, so I was during that time, uh, it was probably about four and a half, five years ago, I was part of a coaching group where they taught you it was kind of like how to build a media company. It was a lot of content copywriting. And it's like, for me, copywriting and stuff like that is just like, I can't. It was like, I could talk, but this doesn't come out of my fingers. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, and so they had uh, part of their, their arm, one of the arms was uh, podcasting. So I started playing around with that and I enjoyed having it and was really based around what I'm doing today. And the first iteration of the podcast, Podcast was uh, I was a local first Milwaukee, a local first Wauwatosa, and it was very 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 niche. And I was doing all right. I was in the basement of 57th and North Avenue in here in Milwaukee, and, and just you know doing what I can. And then uh, just around, I, I just started growing, and I wanted to see. I was like you know I'm like this is going places, but I couldn't really see where it could go. And I relied too much on social media to find people and find guests. Well, everybody's going to go out there to see what I'm doing, and they're just going to come to me. And that did not work. So I'm sitting here thinking around, like, how can I generate or how can I bring on guests that are local, that are really doing stuff, they're community leaders, athletes, and, you know, things like that. And it was like, I felt like one of those cartoons that are like a light bulb went, man. It was like, I look back, it was like, how did I get in front of people before? Mm -hmm. Let's try some networking. Let's get in front of people, tell your story. And then I rebranded myself for Local First Podcast in uh, uh, right around June, July of 2018. And it just took off. That's great. And and I was able to, you know, get an audience with uh, Exact Corporation and they've been my primary sponsor ever since. And, you know, you can tell there's this lovely studio and equipment and everything they do for me. I really appreciate it. I'm very fortunate to be where I am and being able to, you know, networking and getting people in front of you and tell your story. It's an incredible story. So for me, this is like my personal university to learn about each individual and their product. So I, I look at it as how do I learn about that person behind that business? and create that affinity with the listeners so they can say, oh, wow, you know, this is really cool. Look where he's come, where he's going, and, you know, where he's going to turn. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm really happy for you. It sounds like a wonderful journey. It is. And it's, we're just getting started. It's only, you yeah. know, I'm releasing, uh, as of we're going through this, I'm releasing the, you know, 100th episode here coming up in a, a few weeks. So that's really exciting as well. That's great. Congratulations. I, I appreciate you being on here. So, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a few questions out of here. This is out of my Tim Ferriss book. As you guys, most of you guys know, Tools of Titans. He's been one of my virtual mentors for a very, very long time. If you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Um, it would say drinks in. Drinks in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really creative. Drinks in, give back. <laughs> give Be back. kind. Be kind. Uh, all those good things. All those good all things all those that good everybody things says, says. Right. But uh, I would have it uh, located by Madison Square Garden. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. If you could give a TED Talk outside of your expertise, what would it be? My TED Talk would be about being kind and uh, giving back. 
So we, we have a trend going on here. Let's see if we yeah. can change this up a little bit. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, what have you changed about, what have you changed your mind about in the last few years and why? Um, so when I was on the other side of the fence in finance, the perspective was that strategy is super critical to success, right? We, when you're in the career that I was, you're not really doing much in terms of driving results of the business, the hard work that's involved. It's, anybody could come up with ideas. Ideas are dime a dozen. And whatever you have from a strategic standpoint of view going into something, it's very rarely the case that's that's what you end up with as you grow. Uh, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, we make mistakes all the time. And what I love about being an entrepreneur versus being in a very um, regimented career is you have to problem solve. I love problem solving. Every day there's a, a dozen <laughs> problems that we have to deal with and some of which keep coming up over and over again. So the thing that I have changed my mind about is I used to think that I was intelligent and I was creating value, which definitely was not the case at all. Now I look back on it. It's the entrepreneurs, it's the people, it's the factory workers. Um, you know, my perspective on value and salary have changed dramatically since getting out of college and over the years. Uh, getting a job in Wall Street, you make a lot of money, but I can't build a cabinet. I can't, uh, you know, build a road. I can't do any of the things that are super critical to our day-to-day -day lives. And so my mindset has completely changed. I value the person who's uh, cleaning the toilets or taking care of, uh, you know, my children at school. Those people should be paid more. The oh, nurses no should be paid yes, more. Yes, I agree. Um, and people like myself, we're facilitators. Our job is to build companies and help people realize their potential. But I do feel, and that's where my mindset has changed, is I'm at the in the grand scheme of things not that valuable to society wow what obsessions do you explore on the evenings and weekends outside of uh, your work well i've i love history i love world history and so uh i'm not a big reader i f i feel like even though i wasn't diagnosed i had dyslexia uh, so I would get frustrated <laughs> reading books, but I've taken up reading books and particularly focused on history, history of the Middle East. I'm reading a book right now called The Silk Roads, um, which is about uh, trade between Europe and China and all the cultural back and forth, the knowledge, all the um, great empires that have conquered that part of the world and how thoughts and religions have exchanged. There's so much commonality and a lot of the explanations in that book are like pretty self-evident that once you read it, you're like, huh, that makes sense. You know, I there's a high likelihood I have Greek blood in my veins because I'm, my father's from Afghanistan and the Greeks made it, uh, Alexander the Great made it all the way there. And there's a high likelihood that you have some of the same blood that I have uh, if you're European because... My ancestors also tried to invade your lands. So. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I just, I was, it's interesting you say that. Um, what I was told was that um, I was brought up as being a Catholic and, and being Polish. Yes. And then over the weekend, so I was just looking my name up again. Last name is Kochanski. And um, um, that name really doesn't derive from anything. It's a, it's a name formed off of other names. And it finds out that it's based off of uh, someone that was Jewish. Yeah. So I'm just like, and my wife's like, yeah. You know, it's like kind of interesting as you go back in time and really find some of the stuff out. It's really interesting that you do that. I love that you, you go into history and, and yeah. check out some of that stuff. We've also uh, been very blessed to travel quite a bit uh, around the world. We've been to 
My so my oldest is 13. He's been to 14 different countries already. My cool. middle is to about a dozen, and my daughter, she's seven. She's been to about nine. That's awesome. And so when you travel, that's the other thing that I'm passionate about is just you. The more you travel, the more you see the world outside, the more you realize everybody's exactly the same. All the media, whether it's left or right, they're creating all these uh, divisions and animosity. And right. th- that stuff is all garbage. It is. And you've really got to get out there and immerse yourself and get in front of the local people. And that's, that's something I do when I traveled or when I was stationed over in Europe. So, I mean, you really got to do that. So, um, all right, guys. We're gonna do is we're gonna wrap this up here. I, I appreciate Zim Khan being on Local First podcast. As always, if you like what you hear, share it with another person or two if you'd like. You can connect with me on social media just by searching Local First podcast. Local First podcast. Also check out Local First Radio now streaming twenty four seven. So I'm gonna leave the last words up for you, Asim. Um, any ask or request for the audience and any last parting words. With the current environment that we have with the politics of 2020 election, just be kind to everybody. Listen with an open mind. Uh, it's important to have your opinions, but everybody is uh, a good human being and you should listen whether you're on the left or the right. And just keep in mind, there's a lot of people that are suffering out there. They don't have jobs. They don't have health care. And so it's important for all of us to take care of fellows. I love it. Be open, be kind, be grateful for what you have. And if you can help out others. Sim, thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. I really enjoyed your show, uh, your story. So thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.